Investment Analyst at 274 Investment Managers. Can you say a good evening to you and welcome? Good evening, Ayabonga. Good evening to your listeners as well. Yes, are you well, Bilil? Yes, I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. And welcome to Metro FM Talk. We certainly hope it's not going to be the last time we speak to you. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, we hope we can give you a very hearty welcome here. Let's maybe start off uh, as we take a look out in the markets at uh, Elon Musk and... uh, yeah, I don't know what to call this, um, but the language of it all speaks volumes. Uh, saying, look, bro, sent you an offer letter last night. It's going to be public tomorrow. Are you available for a chat? If not, just want to tell you, I want all of that business and I want to take it private. Yes, it's quite an interesting story in the markets, actually. So Elon Musk decided that he wants to buy 100% of Twitter and um, he, he made an offer of buying the stake for cash at $54.20 per share. Mm. And uh, he says this is the best deal in town. Uh, this is his final say. And uh, currently, that, that, that offer that he's making is worth $43 billion, which is very, very significant. So um, he wants to make the company private because he believes that he cannot make the changes that he wants to make mm. or the changes that the company needs uh, while it's still public. And, and he also says he's not so confident in the company's management. So um, if the, the management will not um, accept his offer, then he's willing to reconsider his position as a shareholder in the company. What would some of these conditions be? I mean, I know he hasn't said anything, but uh, I guess just having followed this uh, story over the last while, what do you think some of those conditions would be, Kanyasi? Well, the conditions will simply be him taking um, 100% of the the company and um, he says the shareholders will be happy at the the price that he's giving the the shareholders, Um, especially because considering that... uh, when he initially bought the shares um, in March the 14th in 2022, the share price was around $33 per share. And when he announced his shareholding of 92, 9.2, actually, 9.2% stake that made him the biggest shareholder in the company, the share price of the company went up to above $50 per share. Mm. And now it's currently trading at $46 per share. So he's going to unlock a lot of value and um, I don't think um, the, the current management should should um, deny the skill, you know, yeah, they shouldn't yeah. reject it, yeah. What, what do you make of him also, I guess, saying, look, Twitter's a big part of the expression of freedom of speech and a big part of our democratic project. Uh, I mean, he's he uses Twitter as well uh, and I guess a big part of why he would talk up its role in freedom of speech might also have to do about his own experiences. Uh, how big a part of those in influencing uh, some of his decisions here? Uh, it's, a, it's a very significant part, I think, uh, because when he announced um, Tesla becoming a private company, he did it on Twitter. Uh, most of his public, uh, most of his company activities of SpaceX, Tesla, he does announce them on Twitter. So he does uh, share the. the the sentiment of Twitter allowing uh, people to have the freedom of speech. So he does uh, actively interact on the platform. So, yeah, he really relates to how it offers um, 
that freedom of speech. Yeah, yeah. Hold the line there for me for a second, Kanye Sila, while we take a quick spot break. And uh, when we come back, I want us to take a look at some of the numbers that have come through from MediClinic and also that update from Sasol, uh, who might be pulling out of uh, an investment that they had planned in 2020 out in a gas pipeline in the northern parts of Mozambique. Our weeknights on Metro FM. The business wrap of the day on Metro FM Talk. 23 minutes it is after 7pm and uh, you tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. Joining me tonight uh, for our business wrap is uh, Kanyesile Malebe, uh, investment analyst at 274 Investment Managers. Kanyesile, we saw some numbers coming out of uh, diversified health uh, care uh, provider MediClinic uh, and uh, they have operations here in South Africa, Switzerland and uh, many other parts of the world. And uh, yeah, what did you make of these numbers uh, for the year ending 31 March 2021? 2022, I should say. Yeah, so the numbers highlighted a strong financial performance uh, for for the full year. And uh, we've seen revenue growth of 8% in the group, which led to an increased EBITDA margin, or operating profit rather, of 16%, which is really significant compared to the 2021 number of 14.2%. And um, the CEO says we should expect more positive momentum from client activity that will drive the revenue growth and margins up in the coming year. Mm. So uh, another thing that they mentioned is um, they've successfully navigated the further waves of COVID-19 and the Omicron wave in particular was challenging from a staffing and patient scheduling perspective. However, because the Omicron wave receded, um, that didn't affect the performance that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, this is a big operation here, Kanyesile. Uh, 74 hospitals, five subacute hospitals, two mental health facilities, day case clinics, outpatient clinics, uh, both here and abroad. Uh, and I guess a big part of the challenge with COVID-19 is uh, how much of the space and personnel it occupies and the difficulty of getting high margin elective surgeries where you and I are going in you know, for uh, surgeries where people are opting into those. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, what, what do you make of how, I guess, the opening up uh, and uh, maybe the lower disease burden, how that has opened up the space for elective surgeries and uh, the role that they've played in the numbers that MediClinic put out? Yeah, so um, as we know, COVID-19 really did impact that segment of the hospital because they were not, so they couldn't um, cater for a lot of patients that were, coming in for elective surgeries, for example, because they had to occupy a lot of COVID-19 patients. However, seeing the recovery uh, in the client activity and that now that um, Omicron was not so much of a threat um, in terms of COVID-19, uh, we are seeing um, better improvements. Uh, we've seen improvements, rather, in the elective surgery segment, and that will continue to drive the volume growth, which is very important for the hospital. And already the, the, the revenue growth is ahead of pre-pandemic levels. That means the hospital is positioned to, to continue the recovery and perform well going forward. Mm-hmm. And then if we shift our attention, I guess, away from the um, healthcare uh, services sector and uh, head out to uh, Mozambique, uh, where Sasol has, uh, I guess, decided now to opt out of uh, an investment they'd announced in 2020. And uh, it was an investment in the African Renaissance, uh, um, you know, pipeline limitada, 
which is one of the investors here in a Mozambican company alongside the Chinese. And they had a pipeline uh, which they shared with uh, the likes of Total Energies, ExxonMobil, in the northern parts of uh, northern Mozambique, a natural gas project, and they've uh, opted out of it now. Why? So SACO has decided to reverse its decision uh, regarding plans of acquiring um, this, this project from Total Energies and ExxonMobil Corp because it, it says it doesn't want to get stuck with the infrastructure as the world shifts away from fossil fuels. Um, as you would know, there was a just transition um, conference that was going on about um, transitioning most uh, countries that use fossil fuels into renewable energy mm. and Sasol is probably concerned about that, that, you know, countries like South Africa and other coal manufacturing or fossil fuel manufacturing countries would quickly move into renewable energies. And also the European markets might be interested in renewable energies now that uh, this Russian and Ukrainian war is affecting their ability to import oil and gas from uh, from Russia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess, I mean, we also know the, the havoc that that has caused um, in uh, gas and oil markets, uh, the uh, restrictions on supply coming through from Ukraine and Russia. Yes, so we've seen um, how the, the commodity prices have went up, the oil prices have went up, the gas prices have went up, and um, this, this, this industry has been hammered by the war. However, with regards to Mozambique, um, it's not that much uh, hammered by Sasol's decision as it says that it, it got some expressions of interest from uh, three major banks. Uh, that includes the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, the China Development Bank, as well as the China Construction Bank. So um, there are chances of Mozambique continuing with, with this project. Okay. Now, you know, it's, it's so interesting, a project like this, because Mozamb- uh, Sasol does have other... Um, gas investments in Mozambique. And I guess, um, you know, this might be because they've made some commitments in, in the, you know, uh, in the recent while around, you know, carbon neutrality and all of that. Um, but what do you make of the Chinese interest in this uh, in this project? I mean, we see the uh, Industrial and Commercial Bank of China and the China Construction Bank as well as some of the potential uh, entities that are underwriting this particular project. Yeah, I found it very interesting uh, because I was asking myself, how does China come in? <laughs> so China is one of the major shareholders um, in um, ARP, which is the African Renaissance Pipeline Limitada that you spoke about, Ayabonga. Mm. So that's how it comes into play uh, with helping um, Mozambique. And I, I guess it sees some value that will be unlocked from the success of this project once Total Energies and ExxonMobil are able to continue with the project. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, I guess, uh, let's shift our attention to KZN. Big story over the last while, of course, um, all of the flooding there and the impact that that has had. And uh, as can be expected, uh, you know, uh, Durban would have expected many tourist arrivals over the Easter weekend. And uh, the number being put out, I mean, I found it a bit on the low side, but I, I guess I understand that it's a number that might even increase as more cancellations come in. But 30 million already lost by uh, Eteguini by way of cancelled bookings and uh, inward tourism on the back of uh, the difficulties that are happening in that part of the world. Yes, so 
on average, 16% of the bookings have been cancelled, mm. uh, which is a concern um, to, to the tourism sector of the of the province. And um, the Minister of Tourism, Lindiwe Susulu, has stated that this will lead to also job losses um, due to the floods. And, and she encouraged uh, people to travel safely over the Easter weekend and to return, return to their homes safely. And uh, we also know that uh, the president, Cyril Ramaphosa, visited the province on Wednesday and he then stated uh, this, this situation going on as a state of disaster. Um, so it's, it's quite unfortunate what's going on in, in KZN. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate because it's not only affecting jobs, but it's also affecting people's lives. Mm. And we know, I mean, the, the tourism sector is the one sector that has taken a beating on the back of COVID-19 restrictions, be yes. it, uh, the restrictions on cross-provincial uh, border travel, right through to the inability of um, foreign uh, tourists to come in. And uh, we've heard that in the month of April alone, I mean, just nearly half of all passengers who have arrived at King Shaka International Airport were from outside of South Africa. Yes, that's true. Um, uh, that's 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 why um, the Minister of Tourism has encouraged, uh, has said, and rather that they, she welcomes more tourists that come from outside the border to continue visiting the, the rest of the country while they try to uh, repair the situation in in KZN. Um, and as we can see, there were like two hundred schools that were affected and. There were businesses that were also affected. For example, Toyota. There's a there's a plant of Toyota that has suspended its production due to the floods, and um, they are unable to to indicate when productions will continue. Um, so that that is really causing too much damage. And yeah, so I mean, just look, thinking about that number, that then means, you know, the impact of the lost, you know, uh, bookings is not only just by way of, um, you know, the uh, jobs or seasonal jobs that might have been lost here, but also, I guess, the hard foreign exchange that would have come from international tourists who are looking to, um, I guess, go out to the beaches and uh, to the B&Bs, hotels, and many other uh, leisure spots in that part of the world. Yeah, that's very true. Um, that's why this, this 30 million loss is estimated to continue and, and to be bigger than actually 30 million because of uh, the lost revenues and the, the lost um, revenues from the exchange that you're talking about, Ayabong. Mm, mm. Kanyisile, thank you very much uh, for taking time out to speak to us. We'll have to leave it there for tonight. And uh, thank you once again for joining us. Kanyisile Malebe is an investment analyst out at uh, 274 Investment Managers joining us for our business wrap.